0: to confidently create a more inclusive, more successful, and fulfilled life. Get listening, take action, and unleash your inner confidence.
1: Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Confidence Mastery Unlock Your Life. This is my dad. Say hello, dad. Hello, dad. <laughs> so my dad's name is Terry Bolton, and I thought it would be really great for you to meet my dad and hear some stories from him about me about him about what makes me me um so welcome to the podcast do you want to tell anybody a little bit about yourself
2: i'm a dead that's all (laughs) you need to know
1: (laughs) so a lot of people know um, you from my posts and obviously know you're a mere wolf fan and one of the things i love about football is the way it brings us together and, and the whole community so what was it that brought
2: you to football in the first place going down there with your mates yeah and just a camaraderie and just going mental when they score a goal and all things like that and it's just a togetherness and it's a team and with your mates you're with your mates all day long drinking and enjoying yourself and it's just fantastic and the emotion (laughs) makes your heart go funny
1: it does doesn't it it's like your your heart's beating out your chest it's in it's in your mouth and that anxiousness of even when you're ahead, for us especially. It's... Yeah.
2: The last few minutes, if you're defending a lead, you have to change your pants three times. It's just shocking.
1: <laughs> Do you have a favourite memory from the Den?
2: Too many to mention. Yeah. Too many to mention. Um, the, probably the best one was when we beat Othersfield to get promoted and the police wanted to get everyone out the ground, but we wouldn't leave. So we got our fattest mate to prop up the bar. <laughs> He sat behind the bar and the police couldn't move him because he was too fat. And we stayed there till half past six and drank all the early man's lager. Drunk a lot of it. And then we come out, they all drunk. <laughs> Even the police laughed when we come out. They didn't mind in the end.
1: Oh, that's brilliant. Um, so we've got some people watching. Hi, Connor. Good afternoon to you two. Um, if you are watching live, please do say hello. If you've got any questions for my dad, pop them in the comments. If you're watching on the replay, make sure you say hello as well. And if you are listening on the podcast, thank you very much for, for being a listener. So do you have any, well, before I go into that, I was going to say about embarrassing stories <laughs> for myself. Maybe we'll wait, wait a little bit for that. Yeah,
2: maybe, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and I did ask people if they had any questions for you prior to this. And one of them was, how do you feel about the fact that I can lift heavier than you? <laughs>
2: Well, because according to my <laughs> mates and work, I'm just a foul old man, so it would bleed obvious, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, dear. There you go. What can you do about that? It's good. It's good. It just shows that you are, what you're doing works.
1: It, it is. It is actually true. Um, and this morning, I was invited to compete in um, a weightlifting competition in a couple of months. Which I'm quite excited about, which I might do, so keep your eyes open for
2: that. We could have another arm wrestle live on here, though, because I'll beat you this time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, how did that feel?
2: Embarrassing, to be honest with you, because you don't expect your kids to be able to beat you, especially a a lady, but there you go,
1: it is what it is, isn't it? just call me a lady? Well, you are, aren't you? (laughs) If you've got something I don't know about. (laughs) So, as you can see, Dad and I, we get on very well. Today, we are watching Goodwood. And we watch a lot of sport together. Um, you have been nicknamed punter for how many years?
2: Since I was 12.
1: 12. So what, what was it that brought around that nickname in the first place?
2: Because I, I was the only one that could, uh, I was used to gamble from a, an early age, but out of all my family, I was the only one that could write the racing results down properly. So when there was racing on the telly, I couldn't go to school because mum made me stay at home, watch the racing and write the results down for me. And when I told the teacher that, he didn't really mind, but he just said to me, well, you're just a punter. <laughs> So like your
1: teacher. It came from a teacher. Yeah. So like, I didn't even know that.
2: So So since then, yeah, punter.
1: So what's what's really good about gambling?
2: Winning money. <laughs> winning money. Um, not only it's not the winning your money, it's proving yourself right. Yeah. When you study the form and you think you found something that no one else finds, and then it wins, all that hard work you put in, which I do a lot of hard work, it makes it worthwhile. And it's not just the money is for me secondary proving yourself that you're doing something right Mm -hmm. that's what matters
1: see i relate that to a lot of what i do in terms of my work and and in the gym as well so it's it's knowing you're you're doing the right things and getting the recognition for that so with like with gambling people think a lot of people think that it's oh i don't know they frown upon it in certain ways but when you think about the way you do it it's a little bit like the 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 this, this stock market, when you think about it the is. studying you have to do, the maths that you know from doing it mm. as well, and you look at the odds of things and, like you say, the amount of studying you do for the horses and the dogs, um, I wouldn't be able to 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 pick a winner in the way you do. I just pick names sometimes, mm-hmm. and then sometimes they win. <laughs> well, a lot of the time, they, they, well, you're you quite lucky. Do, <laughs> I <can> do better. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Oh. So what, what what got you into that in the first place? Because I, th- I think this is a fascinating topic. Because of my mum. Yeah.
2: My, my mum, when my dad was alive, he was a bookmaker, and my mum used to work in the betting shop as well. And it just run down the family. But I was the only one out of the old family that had a bet. The brothers and the sisters, they weren't really interested. They might have a little bet on something. But with me, it was different. Yeah. All families are different, and there's always one that's a bit strange from the rest of them. <laughs> and it's just... We're in, whole my whole family's a bit strange. Yeah. <laughs> Like one float of (laughs) cookies in this.
1: Nan was brilliant. She she had some fantastic stories and and all of that. But I genuinely didn't know that your dad was a bookie.
2: Well, there you go. You learn something every day, didn't you? Why Mm. did I not know that? Who knows?
1: So what's your favourite bit about gambling? The proving
2: yourself right. proving yourself right. Yeah, Yeah.
1: proving yourself right. So if you could do it all again, because you've owned dogs as well. What would you do differently? Nothing. Nothing. Not a thing. Nothing.
2: No. Maybe put more money on when I thought I was going to win.
1: <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't change anything. No. No. Do you have a, a favorite, a, a, a favorite dog that you owned, or a favorite race that you won? Yeah,
2: well, I owned quite a few grands, but the best one was called Get On Blackie, yeah. and he used to win every other week, and he was fantastic. It trapped it open, and he'd be out like elastic bang, bang. And we'd scream it over me and my mates and some other brothers and we would go mad. And just watching him win was just a joy to behold. And he was a good dog. He liked running the Derby two years running. He was very good.
1: I remember that dog. And you, when you were only on telly with him. Yeah, we have yeah, yeah. been
2: on telly, yeah. we on telly Sky Sports and getting the trophy and yeah. all that, yeah.
1: So what would be the next thing? Would you do that again?
2: Not at the moment, the way dog racing's going because there's no tracks in London anymore. They're all shut. The nearest is Crayford and Romford. There's nothing in London, so probably not. No.
1: So when Catford closed down, do you remember?
2: I remember where I was when it closed down. November the 5th, I was in Las Vegas at the time, and one of my mates who was meeting us out there, uh, he said to me, you better sit down. I've got some bad news for you. And I thought someone in the family had passed away. But it was worse than that. He said, Catford dogs are shut. He said, and the colour just drained out my face because that was my second home. Every week I was down there, and it was heartbreaking.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. It's a shame when good good venues like that close, isn't it?
2: It's a shame, but it's no surprise that this day and age now with housing, is, is they just put houses everywhere. Like mm. All the dog tracks all now, flats and houses. So it's not a surprise.
1: But to be fair, like, everybody needs somewhere to live.
2: They do. They do, yeah. I can't argue that. No,
1: there is that. But it, it it's another community centre in an, in one aspect as well, isn't it? You it know? was.
2: It was a community centre. You, you'd see people down there that, that you only see at the dogs. And that, that brought you all together, yeah. and it was fantastic. And once that shut, that was it. You, didn't, yeah. you don't see them people again, apart from a couple that I've been mates with for life. But the rest that used to come down, you, you've not seen them since.
1: Yeah. It's the same with football. So mm-hmm. like in the lockdown, no one was going football. Obviously, you couldn't see anyone anyway. Mm. But then you, you don't have that, that band, that that connection, that camaraderie. And I think that's that's something that's missing from a lot of things in life, is the way that people get together. Mm. And that, for me... It, like football is is a massive massive part of that, and like when I go, you know, I go back to football, my boys are just like open arms, like i have not been away. Right,
2: you all well, isn't there that the crowds are allowed back? It's going to be much better.
1: Yeah, there's nothing worse than watching football with no crowd is there. Soulless. Oh, awful, awful. Do you have a f- um? If you could pick only one sport to watch, oh, <laughs> what have I just said. <laughs>
2: That is probably the impossible question to me. Yeah. is, this, is football, horse racing and ground racing. And I, I honestly couldn't split the three of them. No. and if But if I had to pick one, it'd be ground racing.
1: Why?
2: Because I know literally everything there is about that. It. And it's more in-depth studying and it keeps your brain ticking over. Yeah.
1: There is a, a massive element of intellect to it like to, to remember remembering the names the form everything that goes into it i remember reading the sporting life when i was a kid and, mm. and working things out and it's, it's a practice as well
2: isn't it people just think it's a numbers game but there's a lot of studying to be done got, in this day and age now with um all the technology you can watch previous videos of dogs running and you can go back 18 months which is oh it's so helpful to a punter yeah and it's fantastic but you've got to keep all that up there
1: and it's good to keep the brain yeah, active, yeah. definitely. Connor said, wasn't there a famous dog track in Walthamstow? Did you ever go there?
2: Yes, Walthamstow. We was there over literally every week. We was over there watching our dogs run. A uh, bit of a trek from south-east London to mix with the uh, second-hand car dealers over Essex, but it was, a, it was a great journey, and we was over there literally every week. And the nightclub underneath, which I won't go into the stories about now,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Charlie Chens <laughs>
1: Ch- Ch- <laughs> Ch- What a name, wow. So, do you have a favourite race meeting? Royal Ascot. Royal Ascot.
2: Royal Ascot's my number one. Cheltenham and Goodwood are the next.
1: So, we're we're watching Goodwood this week. We've had a, a good week. I Glorious hope.
2: Goodwood, yeah. Fantastic, Fantastic good week. week, yeah.
1: Um. Okay. So, obviously, you're my dad and we spend a lot of time together and we do a lot of fun things. Do you have a particular favourite memory of when I was a kid?
2: Thousands. Thousands. Thousands, Thousands of them. So, too many to mention, but taking her into the betting shop when she was younger, which you you weren't meant to do, but they didn't mind it so much in them days, and you could hold hold your kid in your arm. And in 1992, at Goodwood, as it happens, I had a bet with three horses, and the first two won, and I stood to win £27,000, it's the third horse won. So we went down to the betting shop in the Old Kent Road, and I was actually holding Natalie in my arms, and we watched the race, and my horse got beat a short head. A short head... And when we come out the betting shop, Natalie said to me, "Daddy, don't say them rude words." <laughs> I don't think I say that now, do I? <laughs> no. But obviously, you hadn't heard me use that sort of language, and it just got the better of me because twenty-seven thousand pounds now would be nice, but back in nineteen ninety-two, yeah, oh dear
1: me,
2: I still won a nice few quid, but that was that was close but no cigar. But there you go. And uh, she used to spend a lot of time in the betting shops with me. <laughs> And That's she moaned, why I was so good at maths. She moaned about the mess in the lab books one. She said, why is, why is it so messy in the, on that floor? I said, because everyone's losing their money. You know, chuck their
1: betting zips on the floor. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, she wanted to sweep up. <laughs> I remember saying, why are they throwing all their rubbish on the floor? <laughs> and now I just leak stuff everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Probably uh, losing bets. So obviously this podcast is called Confidence Mastery Unlock Your Life. Do you have a period... In your life, where you felt the most confident in yourself,
2: probably now. Now, yeah. Why
1: is
2: that? I think it comes a lot of it comes with age as well. You get more mature,
1: yeah.
2: And I'm comfortable in what I do. I'm comfortable in the way I live my life and the way I study. And I think it's, I'm enjoying myself. I can't put my finger on it, but I'm enjoying myself now than than many many years ago. Yeah. Probably because I've got no one nagging at me, telling me don't bet, don't drink, don't do this. <laughs> Single life for the win.
1: <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, what? What? Okay. So, was there a period in in, in time where you weren't feeling so as good as now? Like, oh, what, look, what did you do to change change that mindset?
2: Loads of times. When you're having a bad run with gambling, I've always left it alone for seven to ten days. Just don't even look. Take a break, have a step back, yeah. and, just, and just refresh your memory, just refresh your brain, just have a little break from it. And it always seems to do you good.
1: I think that's a really important message, actually. Like so many people, they get so busy with their lives, with their, with their business, like, well, whatever it is they do, and they get lost in it. And then you start chasing losses. And rather than take a step back and reevaluate, just get lost being busy. Mm. And then you can't find the solution because you're in the middle of the problem. And it's not until you take that step back that you can really look at the bigger picture. Evaluate. Yeah. So that's one of the things we're doing with, with my retreat. Like some of the people, they are really busy on things and they can't put certain things into practice or into place because they're too busy working in the business rather than on it. And it's a similar thing in terms of like, if you think of gambling as a business, you know, you've got professional poker players mm. that go around the world. You know, it, it is, if you do it right, it, it can work really well. So if you aren't taking that time time back to look at things, it's like keeping a profit and loss sheet.
2: Yeah, which I do.
1: Yeah. And it's that's the smart way to do it, mm. rather than just chucking money at stuff. Like, that's not going to get you anywhere, is it? No, it isn't, no. No. So we're going to have an arm wrestle?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking my champagne and watching a racing. <laughs> I might do later. When you get a bit drunk, I might win then.
1: Oh, dear. Um, so one of the things you've started doing through my nagging was walking more eating better and how how would you say that's affected you in your life
2: i've lost weight yeah and i'm definitely healthier yeah. you, you can feel your, your beer belly's disappeared. not like i drink a lot of beer anyway but that, that's slimmed down my clothes don't fit me anymore we need to go to vegas to go shopping Or well, yeah I mean, <laughs> but, you, but you do you feel healthier as well yeah you feel more content with life because you, you're healthier
1: do you think your brain works better
2: yes definitely
1: so there you go from the horse's mouth. That's just what I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> exercise is really, really important. Like what you put into your body, you know, you need lots of vegetables. Getting out walking, if you don't enjoy different kinds of exercise, at least just getting that body moving makes a massive difference. And you never used to enjoy massive amounts of exercise. No, like that, did I you? didn't
2: know. And now you do. I look forward to going to have a nice couple of hours of a weekend, have a stroll around every day. It's yeah. Nice, good for you.
1: It's nice to know that my parents are listening to me.
2: <laughs> yeah, don't don't work the other way to you.
1: What are you on about? You We're on live at the minute, oh, I'm <laughs> not <mucking about>. that. <laughs> but it's good to see the differences and the change and I can see that you're happier in yourself mm. and and everything like that. Which is good. It is good. Well I'm pleased about. So what what tips would you give to people watching um for having a great relationship with their kids because we've got we've got a fantastic relationship
2: don't tell your kids what to do listen to them if they want to do something with their life and you don't agree with it speak to them ask ask them why they want to do it but at the end of the day if the kids are a certain age and they've made their mind up what you've just got to support them and i've always said to you whatever you do in life learn from it and if you make a mistake i'm here for you
1: and you are you're always there for me even when you're like, oh, I don't want to listen to your moan. <laughs> well,
2: there you go. Put the, put the earplugs in there.
1: But, <laughs> you know, there's there's a limit, isn't there? It's like there's only so much complaining you can do. But sometimes you need to get things off your chest. Of course you do. And then look for the solution and find a way about it. And just talking things through is a way to, to help that. And I know that if I do have a problem, I can come and talk to you. And you'll listen and support me. And the fact that you what you've just said, you know, it's like you can't tell somebody... This is what you must do because at the end of the day, everybody's got their own life and the way they want to live it.
2: Well, if you say to your, to your kids, "You're not doing this straight away," they're going to go and do it. It's as simple as that. So just talk with them. Yeah. Just talk with them and talk with them, not to them. Talk with them.
1: Talk with them. It's that difference between laughing at people and laughing mm. with them. A similar thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So do you, what? What else would you say to people having a good relationship? Spend
2: time with them. Yeah definitely spend time with them, whatever it's doing, anything. could be, if their kids are younger, colouring books, anything like that, as long as there's something you can do together.
1: I remember playing Super 10. And shops, <laughs> and what's under the tea <laughs> Oh, do you want to tell the story of um, Pearsies?
2: <laughs> Cheat, as per usual. Pearsies is a game with playing cards. You lay them all out on the floor, 52 cards, and you turn two cards over at a time. And if you get two sixes, it's called a pair. And the one with the most pairs at the end of the game wins. So Natalie set the cards out while I was making the lunch. And I'll come back for making the lunch. And she went, well, I'll go first. And she turned over every card consecutively. She laid them all out together. Two, two, three, three, four, four, five, five. 26 pairs. And she thought I didn't know that she cheated. <laughs> she was 19 at the time, but there you go. <laughs> she was about six. But caught you.
1: Well, the trick there is, I don't get greedy or you get caught. Yeah. So that was a very good lesson, actually. It was, yeah. A very good lesson. So, to be fair, don't cheat. <laughs> find find a way. But I mean, that was funny because yeah. it was just a just a game. But I think there's a good metaphor for life there. You know, find a find a way, find a solution to get to where you want to be quicker, but not by cheating other people. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, what was your favorite game we used to play as a kid?
2: Get me sunk out of the fridge. <laughs> I was just say to her, yeah, you'll never guess what Nan's put in the fridge. Go and have a look. So she'd go and overlook, thinking there's gonna be something strange, but my mum used to put things in the fridge, something like she'd she put jelly in the oven and things like that, and silly things in the fridge. But when she went to the fridge to look in there, I'd say to her, bring me some beer while you're there. Always used to fault
1: with How old is our fuck cotton onto that one? Twenty-four. <laughs> About ten, something like that. Oh, brilliant. Wow. Wow. Okay, so Connor asked earlier, do you secretly love Man United?
2: No, No. but I don't dislike them like a lot of people do because they, from day one when I was a kid watching football, there was the team to watch. The way they play football, fantastic. And they brought one of our best players, Gordon Hill. I I don't don't like Man United at all. You don't love them? I don't love them, no. I only love Marks and Spencer's chicken and breadcrumbs (laughs) and champagne. (laughs)
1: So, what would be your three top tips to people for living a confident life?
2: Always try and better yourself.
1: Yep.
2: Always if, try and better yourself. If you're concerned about anything and you're not sure, ask. And I think that's that's really the two. I don't think I don't really think you need three. Two is fine because not every everyone don't know everything. Mm-hmm. So there's always something you can learn off someone else. So if you're feeling a bit apprehensive about something, you're not sure, ask.
1: Absolutely. Asking for help makes you stronger. People see it as a sign of weakness, but actually asking for help can be invigorating. Like it alleviates pressure from you. And like you say, you know, we don't always have the answers, mm-hmm. but talking things out and for asking somebody who does know the answer, it's going to get you to where you want to be a lot quicker. Definitely. So what's your favourite memory of us in the most recent past?
2: Both back in the same horse on Wednesday that won the last race. And she won more than me. And we started singing. And when we started singing, the advert came on, anything you can do, I can do better. Because <laughs> she won more than
1: me, that was quite appropriate. That's why we sang that earlier. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and um, what what meeting was it where I won that, what was it, 250 to one? Cheltenham
2: last Cheltenham year. Cheltenham last year. Yeah. She didn't even realise she was winning because she was on the phone to someone complaining about something that was her and her mate and this horse was going to win and I could see it was going to win and she just had two quid on it and it was 250 to one and she didn't realise till she'd won until about a minute after the race and then she started going mental.
1: We did a dance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brilliant. So we are going to leave you there. Thank you very much for watching. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening on the podcast. If you do have any questions and you're watching this later or you're listening on the podcast, pop them in the comments. I'll, I'll ask my dad and we'll get back to you. Um, but if we could leave people with one sentence for a better life, what would it be?
2: Don't be afraid to ask for help.
1: There we go. So don't be afraid to ask for help. Thank you very much for watching. Thank you for being a guest on the podcast. Thank
2: you
0: for being my daughter.
1: You're welcome. So have a great day and we'll see you soon. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with people you think it will help and stay tuned and subscribe for weekly episodes. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube by searching for Natalie Arabella Bailey. And join the Better Together for confidence and mindset Facebook community to improve your confidence, network and life.